Welcome to the Center for the Performing Arts at Penn State. I'm Communications Director Laura Sullivan, and you're on stage with previews. Playwright and actor Jeff Witte won a Tony Award for Best Book of a Musical for his work on the comedy Avenue Q. The musical, best known for an unusual pairing of puppets and adult situations, with a bit of mature language thrown in for good measure, explores issues of sex, diversity, and finding a purpose in life. Previews editor John Mark Raffis speaks with Witty about Avenue Q's plot, the stormy creation of the musical, and the show's impact on audiences. The Oregon native also discusses his life in the theater and how it helped him to find his way. The internet is really, really great. For porn. I got a fast connection so I don't have to wait. For porn. What? There's always some new site. For porn. I browse all day and night. For porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For porn. Trekkie. The internet is for porn. Trekkie. The internet is for porn. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born? Porn, porn, porn. So for someone who's not familiar with Avenue Q, I think a lot of people certainly know it's a musical comedy and they know that it involves puppets, but what's the short version of what people should know about the show before they go? Yeah, the original impetus of the show was to do sort of uh, an adult version of a children's educational TV show. Um, so instead of learning about spelling and numbers, you're learning about racism and sexuality and, and cheating on people and things like that. So that was the original impetus, but it's also, you know, it's a full two-hour musical with a story, and sometimes I say it takes as long to explain Avenue Q as it does to actually see it. <laughs> it, it well, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a coming-of-age story. I mean, the, the protagonist is a young man who's graduated from college, and he's off to New York City to try to, to find himself, and um, so it's really a story about people in the neighborhood that he meets, right? Yeah, yeah, and the sort of, uh, you know, and in that way it's very classic sort of uh, musical structure kind of thing of finding a family, and, you know, it happens in rent, it happens all over the place. You came into the project after the original concept, right? Yes. The gentleman who wrote the music and lyrics, Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks, actually were told by the producers that they, they thought they needed um, a playwright to come in to, to help bring some unity to their ideas. Of the existing score, I would say, gosh, I'm not sure what the ratio is, maybe half of the numbers actually already existed, and they were the most random numbers in the show, too. There's one called Everyone's a Little Bit Racist, The Internet is for Porn, and and when I came on board, there was no story to speak of, but these really hilarious, wonderful numbers. So a lot of the challenge of the show, also because it was my first musical, was to uh, figure out how to make those feel organic to a story. And uh, it took a lot of trial and error, but eventually we found a place for just about everything. I've read that uh, the relationship between you and, and the other two main members of the creative team was anything but roses, um, especially early on. Yeah, you know, now we get along great. But, uh, yeah, back in the day, I mean, we were not friends. We didn't know each other when we were working together. And we had very strong points of view about what the show should be. And so it just took a lot of arguing and arguing and arguing to make the show work, and we were very hard on each other because we have very strong points of view about what's funny. So the only things that would actually make it into the show were things that Bobby, Jeff, and Jason Moore, the director, and me all thought were funny. So it was it was pretty ruthless for a while, I've got to say. But it, it was better for that, too. I mean, I, I 
I, I think sometimes if you're writing with friends or people you really like, that you're not necessarily as honest as you should be. Cause, you know, musicals are, I think, the hardest thing to write. You mentioned that that was the first musical you worked on. Your your background was actually as, as both a writer, obviously, and an actor, was it not? I went to grad school at NYU for acting and then was an actor for about five years after that. And your undergraduate degree was actually in English. Yes, yes. You know, I had even then sort of an awareness that I should probably try to get a background in you know, something not theater, because I, I think kind of, as, as an artist, I think it's good to be able to bring a lot to the table. And even back then, and also I loved writing, and I loved uh, literature, so I was able to sort of do plays with the theater department, but then put my academic focus on, on English. I know that you uh, are a gay artist, and that that sort of has been written about quite a bit, that that helped to shape your gravitating towards creative pursuits. Was that sort of a refuge for you, the theater? It was a terrific outlet. I, I, I'm not sure how much that ties into the, the, the whole gay thing, but I, I guess on some level, you, I, you know, I look at these kids today, and I, I just marvel at how how much freer and more open they are. But you know, back then there was no um, nothing to read. There was no role model. There was nothing about how you could be happy and gay at the time. And this was in the 80s too, you know. And, and, and so I just found that, uh, you know, I really I hooked up with some great folks in Coos Bay from the USC uh, master's program. And they sort of gave me a, a pretty strong theater aesthetic even at age, you know, 15. Back then, so yeah, it's always you know I've always always loved theater, and and I I frankly love being a writer just as much as I love being an actor. It, it's so fun for me to sit in the audience and be anonymous and just listen to people instead of being front and center. I, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. I read that you actually did some musical theater when you were an undergrad at, at Oregon, and that you apparently have quite a voice. And I can hear that you're, I can hear that your speaking voice is certainly very resonant. Oh, I feel like I sound like Brenda Vaccaro this morning. <laughs> I, well, you don't sound like Brenda Vaccaro at this end, but that would that would be fun. For those of us who are old enough to remember who Brenda Vaccaro is. <laughs> haven't haven't heard her name mentioned in about twenty years, so <laughs> I used to be a singer and stuff and, and but it's funny, you know, because I, I when I started writing Avenue Q, the only musicals I really knew were the ones that I did in college. I, I didn't know anything about musical theater when I started writing the show. Now I'm, now I'm a big old uh, musical theater queen, as they say, but, but when I started the project, I, I, was, I literally had no idea what they were referencing when they would talk about company, the musical. I had no idea what that meant at the time. But now you're quite the expert on Sondheim, among others. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I, you know, I had that withering thing about, oh, musicals are lame, musicals are lame, but I actually think there are so many brilliant, really funny really touching ones. It's just that when a musical is, when a musical fails, it's just awful, you know, because they are so hard. You um, also, I believe, have uh, written the screenplay for a film adaptation of Avenue Q? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of coming slowly down the pike, but it's, it's, it's coming. It's the tortoise of screenplays as opposed to the hare. But we're all pretty confident it, it, it will be coming eventually. It's 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 a hard sell because even though Avenue Q, you know, the, the the puppetry style began on the screen, you know, on TVs and films. The because the, the we we show the puppeteers live on stage, people can't 
understand how it would work to bring it to film or TV where the puppeteer would not be visible. Right. And, you know, we've been saying the whole time, well, it's actually right there. Look at the Muppet movie. Look at all of these things. Like, it's really, you know, it's really fun. So it's, it's just been a funny sort of getting out of the gate with it. But we've, we've hooked up with some terrific people. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. Do you think that Avenue Q, because it obviously plays off of things like Sesame Street, even though it's certainly not directly connected to it, resonates more with people, say, in their mid-40s and younger because they grew up with Sesame Street? Well, the funny thing is the original subtitle of it was uh, Avenue Q Children's Television for 20-something. <laughs> and that was the original concept. You know, and then the, the subtitle was dropped early on. And then when we were doing it off-Broadway, it was such a trip to look out and see, you know, the little old theater ladies from Long Island, you know, <laughs> busting a gut, like, during the sex scene and... This old little old lady came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I still feel like I'm looking for my purpose in life, which is one of the big themes of the show. And in a weird way, I think it, it, it resonates for a really, really broad spectrum of people, you know, which, which was a really pl pleasant surprise for all of us. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about it today. We're very much looking forward to uh, Avenue Q finally getting here. I, I suppose I should mention that Rick Lyon, a Penn State alum, as as you know, is the conceiver and designer of the uh, the puppets and was uh, actually a member of the ensemble in the original run of Avenue Q. Yeah, he's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a genius, Rick. I mean, those puppets are, are indelible. Tickets are on sale now for two performances of Avenue Q, October 6th and 7th, 2009, at Eisenhower Auditorium. Order online at www.cpa.psu.edu or by phone at 1-800-ARTS-TIX. For the Center for the Performing Arts, I'm Laura Sullivan.